today on the show, we're talking about when should you switch jobs? Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Joan Trevor. And today we're talking about a topic we think is relevant and relatable to, if not all our listeners. And it's the, the topic around when is it time to leave your job and move on to another one? Yeah, I think this is an important topic. If you think of it from a personal finance standpoint, you're, you're, for most people listening to this podcast, your employment income is your single biggest wealth building tool that you're ever going to have. And so I think you need to be really deliberate with, with your employment choices. You, you, don't, you can't just let employment happen to you. And that's what a lot of people do. They just sort of, they drift from job to job and they just, they, they let employment dictate how and why and where they live their lives. And I think we as a society should be more deliberate about it. And last week's episode, we did the roundtable on uh, mis- mistakes made in your 20s. And one of the mistakes was not taking enough risks in your 20s. And I'm going to say staying in a job too long is an example of not taking a risk. By switching jobs, it's always there's always an element of risk. But I'm thinking in your 20s, this is when you need to take those risks. And I do want to add in there, which you you kind of alluded to, but we spend, and this article that we're referencing today will also is also talks about that we spend the majority of our life at our, at our workplace. We're surrounded the, surrounded by the people who work there, and and that is that really consumes a lot of our of our life and our and our, our the time that we're awake. So, in the same in the same breath, we should be doing something that uh, that brings us a sense of fulfillment, and a sense of happiness. And to your point, if we spend that much time at work and it, 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 it's sometimes it seems like more time than it actually is just by the nature of some people's jobs, I think all the more reason to be deliberate about it and, and, and don't just let it happen to you. So, so many things in life, people let, let life happen in front of them rather than be deliberate and purposeful about their choices they make. And your employment is when you need to really be deliberate and make sure you're either making as much money as you can or doing something you truly love. You, you, you've, you've been deliberate about ideally both of those things, but at least one, one or the other. And I, I do have to agree with you there, Trevor. I mean, uh, when we talk about deliberate life choices, I mean, that's, a, that's really what this podcast is about. A lot of the things, I mean, this should not be one of those things that we we kind of decide haphazardly. I mean, I think, again, like most things related to personal finance, we don't give sometimes give it enough thought of how significantly it impacts our life and our and, and everything along with it. Because you're right, it is our biggest wealth making tool and it, it, wealth building tool. And it's something that something that, again, we should really seriously consider. The average person listening to this podcast has is in one of two camps. They're either playing it too cautious, and, and they are being deliberate, but deliberately cautious in staying in a job. Maybe they shouldn't be, or they just haven't given it any thought at all, and there's no deliberate act- actions at all, and they're just they're just letting life happen to them. So most people listening to this, they're they're in those two camps. So Trevor, before we dive into today's article, which I'll highlight right now, it is called Eight Signs It's Time to Leave Your Job Because You Can't Even Anymore. It is by Raven Ishak and it's from Bustle.com. 
And uh, but before we even dive into kind of the eight signs it's time to leave your job as outlined in this article, I do have two questions for you. Um, and maybe two that our listeners are currently wondering right now. So the first is, how does this topic really, I mean, we, we talked about how, yes, your job is, is your biggest wealth building tool, but how does this relate um, you th- do you think more most closely to, to personal finance and, and what this our podcast is about? If you are deliberate about your employment, you, chances are you've devised a plan and you have a path that you're trying to go down. And, and through that, you can start to make some life plans around it. Now, it may not be a specifically defined. It may have, you know, the future may be somewhat vague, but it's got some direction to it. And, and I think this is why we're talking about this is be is if you if you stay in a job too long your life plan if you have one is is not going to unfold as you'd hoped so i i think that's why we're talking about this today and my second question and i think i again one that i know i have personally encountered and i'm sure our listeners have as well and maybe yourself trevor is that i think there's a, a massive difference between I mean, again, while work should be very enjoyable and and rewarding, we can all admit that there can be days or weeks or maybe even months where we wake up and begrudgingly go to our job. So how do you decipher, and maybe maybe we'll explore this, but how do you decipher the difference between your job being maybe a little very challenging and, and, and very kind of tedious, or I mean, tedious is a bad word, but very kind of I'll say challenging versus it is actually time to move on. Like, where do you draw that line? Or is it, is it, can you even draw a line there? Well, you, to start with, you can see a job is a good fit if it's, if it has three elements. So it, your job should have some challenges that, that keep you motivated. Your job should have some, it's going to have some uh, mundane work or work you don't necessarily like just nature of all jobs they tend to have aspects the chance of you liking every aspect of your job is is highly remote so there should be times when you're challenged times when you're doing tasks that you don't particularly like that builds up some discipline and then there should be a neutral aspect to your job where you can take it or leave it so if those things are present in your job and equally distributed you're probably your job's probably a pretty good fit but if you're leaning too much, just say your job is just full of challenges all day long. You're going to be exhausted. I mean, that's not sustainable. And if, if your job is just full of all the aspects of the job you just hate, then th- that's not sustainable. And, and, and if you're, if it's the neither challenging nor boring aspect of your job, you're going to get bored eventually. So your job should have all, the, all those things should be present in, in a perfect world in equal amounts. And it may drift from one to the other over over the course of a year, but I mean that that's a good scorecard to start to keep on about your job. No, that's completely fair. And I mean, if our listener, if that resonates with any of our listeners, I think that's fantastic. But now I do want to talk about eight things that that so maybe that doesn't quite resonate with you. So these are these kind of eight telltale signs when maybe it is time to leave your job. So Trevor, when we go into these eight, are sure listeners be kind of ticking off how many, how many criteria fit their boxes or, or even if, do you think one or, or all are, are one and the same? I would think, okay, if you're a really young listener, you may not have experienced all of these eight things, but if you're somebody in your forties, chances are you've encountered all eight of these. So I would, I would say our listeners should keep scoring to see if, if how many of these they've They've been motivated to move on to another job or where they've kind of 
those things happened, but they were kind of oblivious to it and they didn't act on it. So let's dive into to point number one here. And the first reason why it might be move, time to move on from your job is you have been in the same position forever. If you're in a, a, say a big organization, there's within an organization, there's just a plethora of jobs to be that, that you could, once you're in an organization, you can move around within it. And there's, there's all sorts of jobs you could have. So you might start in one department of an organization and over the years move on to other departments that you find interesting or opportunities that appear. So I think some, so the, the younger you are, I would hope the more, the, the shorter the, your time in a position. So somebody who gets their first job right out of school, I, I would hope you, you would be in, in the same position for no longer than one year. Because chances are you're going into an entry-level position. And so if you haven't sort of conquered that position in one year, then maybe it's it's not a good fit. You know, you, when I say conquered it, meaning you, you've gone through a whole business cycle, you, you've sort of taken on every challenge that, that's been put in front of you and, and hopefully, you know, accepted and, and succeeded in every challenge. And at the end of that year, business year, you should be doing this thing again it's an entry level job you should be doing it in a very routine manner so now you're not growing anymore so you need to move on to another job that again has those three elements it has some challenges some stuff you can do effortlessly and some stuff maybe you don't like so it's important if you want to keep growing growing as a intellectually and growing as an employee you need to move on to another position. And if your organization is really small, it might mean moving on to another place of employment. But you need to keep growing. Because if you're not growing, you're, you're actually treading water, which in, in a lot of cases, you're kind of regressing because your next employer is going to expect you to have grown. Otherwise, you're going to end up in another entry-level position. So I would say for a young person right out of school, one year in the same position after that, it's if you can't move on within the organization, you need to find another job. So I have kind of two follow-up questions um, in regards to everything that you just said there. So the first is, and I, I'm, I'm speaking towards myself as well because I have been there and, and maybe to our other listeners, but what if at that one-year point you still feel and maybe this is due to uh, because you are in an entry level position and maybe haven't developed the full uh, full set of confidence in your in your abilities. What if you still kind of believe that you can st- you maybe haven't learned all that you can learn within that position because again you are in an entry level position. I mean, do you do you again kind of take that leap of faith to a new position or a new organization and um, and and hope that you have derived all of the knowledge and experience you can from that that first position. So you may have not have learned everything there is to do with that job or you may have not mastered every aspect of that job, but you will have have developed enough of a skill set to be challenged in a in a more senior position. So this isn't about mastering the job, it is about developing your skills. So for your employer, I think you staying in the same job gives them the employer stability, gives them, you know, Courtney knows this job, we can count on Courtney to get this done. The only problem, that's great for the employer, it's not great for Courtney, Courtney's skills are not developing. So this is where I would say you need to, if you're not being promoted because there's no opportunities, you would you would have to move on to another 
employer employer and my second question and it's i'm going to turn the tables around to you a little bit trevor and, and kind of throw this question at you um i know i know based on our conversations on and off the podcast that um, you advance to a, a senior level position and have from there um, in the most in more recent years uh d- declined opportunities to to further be promoted within your organization so can you talk a little bit about maybe your motivation behind that and and why maybe that is a good choice to take for both you and our listeners given the certain set of circumstances these eight things i when you read this article it's really geared to young people people entering the workforce this is advice for someone just entering the workforce and, and how they should proceed so somebody who's say in their 40s here's where this falls down is you have, you can't take as many risks when you start to have dependents, meaning just say you have a family, you've got a wife, a few kids, a mortgage. So once your, your life gets some complexities, you are not in a position to take as many, to take as many risks. So now you have to take calculated risks. If you're going to move into another position, you want to make sure there's a lot of upside it can't just be to further develop your skill set. In my in my situation, I've been with the same employer for 20 years and I've been in the same position for about 10 of those years. But I'm in the type of position where I can sort of take on projects and enhance my skill set as, as opportunities present themselves. So although my title hasn't changed, as I become more and more of a senior employee, uh, I get pulled into different projects. So my job is kind of a, a, even though I have the same title, I don't get caught up in the title. My responsibilities have constantly been evolving. And I, I'm, so I'm a senior financial analyst, but I'm actually a senior, senior financial analyst if, 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 if you were to make one up. And I'm, I've kind of moved into a mentor role for younger people coming into our organization. So that's an example how, how my role has changed, although my title hasn't, I feel my place in the organization has evolved. So I don't feel I've been in the same position, although I've had the same title. So you ask a good question. Don't get caught up in the title that you hold. Just know that you're growing. So as you become a senior employee, if you're being asked to mentor younger employees, that that's like a teaching moment. And it's it's an enjoyable thing. You're watching people sort of go down the same path you did. So I'm still challenged because the people I'm mentoring, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to communicate with them and how to get points across and being patient with them. So these are examples of how I feel I'm growing as an individual. So uh, from what I'm gathering, it's not always, I mean, if you, if an individual, if a listener maybe doesn't have the drive or desire to, to aggressively climb up the corporate ladder, it doesn't mean they're failing. It just means that maybe they are happy and, and finding value uh, within their, pos- their current position because they're expanding kind of laterally instead of, instead of uh, vertically upwards. So here's the, the sadness of, of how corporate mentality works is, you get somebody who, who in a position, they start out in an organization, they do really well and they get promoted to the next position and they do really well and they get promoted to the next position. Say now they're a supervisor and all of a sudden they're at this supervisory level and it turns out they can't supervise. Like that's not their strong suit. They're, they're really not good at it. So they will fail at that position. And what typically will happen is that person will get terminated, even though they were great at the position below that. So the the position that person held prior to being a supervisor, they were just 
a rock star. And all of a sudden, they became a supervisor, and they were a train wreck. Typically, the organization will dismiss that person because their previous job had been filled by somebody else. The, the organization's losing a really great employee who, who just sort of was promoted beyond their abilities. And this is a common occurrence in, you know, in large organizations. And so I think it's important to, when I say be deliberate, I, I knew early on that supervising people was not my skill set. I, I seen people fail at it and I would sort of analyze, you know, what went wrong for that person. And it was just, they did, you know, it just didn't agree with them. And I knew that about me. So just because you don't want to supervise people doesn't mean you can't progress in an organization. I did and, and, and have. So that's an example where it, it might look like I don't want to take on new positions in an organization. I do take on different responsibilities. So uh, sign number two that you need to move on from your job is that you're not learning anything new. And I found this point really, really curious because it, it expresses how it feels good to get challenged every now and then. And I don't know about any of our listeners out there, but I know when you're in the middle of a crazy day taking on uh, an insurmountable, what feels like an insurmountable challenge, you wish more than anything that you could have a very, uh, maybe a more relatively easy uh, more mundane uh, task or job, but those things, the the feelings of boredness and and, and the feeling of uh, doing tedious work, that as well does does tire you out. So I found this. I found this. Uh, I guess uh, Trevor, it must be like the innate desire to to learn new things. Well, if you think of every job, every job you're hired for is to solve a problem for that organization. So everybody, everybody employed where you work is there to solve a problem. There, there, there's a problem. It could be that if you're an auto mechanic, I mean, you're obviously solving problems, fixing, fixing cars. If you're an accountant, you're busy trying to figure out how the company's making money. So everyone's there to solve a problem. And I think it's important to get new problems put in front of you because it, it, it keeps things interesting. But here's where it falls apart. If you keep solving the same problem, problem over and over and over you don't you lose your creativity you just you just it becomes push button you know this problem comes up i do this that problem comes up i do this and before you know it you you stop thinking and, and you stop you know using that creative aspect of your mind so if you're not solving new problems if you're not if you're not learning if you're not solving new problems you're not learning anything new you're not you're no longer de- developing skills you're just using existing pre-programmed solutions that you that have been embedded in your brain so that that to me there's no growth going on there so that's why if you're not learning anything new you're a good way to to know you're not learning anything new is if you're not solving new problems where you work and and we're all problem solvers at, at, at the core that's that's why we're employees if there wasn't a problem we wouldn't be there so to, to be fair, though, to to some of the industries and career paths people can can follow down, do you think this point does apply to to everyone? I mean, I know some some industries there is more repetitive uh, tasks than others. So, so where I work, there's there's, there's a, an adjoined factory where they make the product that we sell, and they're forever doing what's co- called continuous improvement. So every produ- every production process generally has an element of scrap and every organization that exists today is trying to reduce that amount of scrap constantly and they lean on their their factory workers to help 
contribute to the solution because they're they're closest to the cause, right? They're always leaning on those people to to help come up to because if you can reduce the scrap in your production process, you can save money. So this is something that and these people do repetitive work, but they're always asking them to look at it with a critical eye and say, how can we do this better? Because it, that's how you beat your competition is to become more efficient. So I don't care how repetitive your task is, your employer will value anything you can bring to the table to make your process more efficient. This really rings true, I think, to the concept of being an intrapreneur, which is um, being innovative within the organization you work with. And we've talked about this concept before, but I, I, what, what you just said there, Trevor, I think really could apply to to any industry from from the food industry to again even the industry you work within as well. So let's move on to um, sign number three that it is time to move on from your job. And number three is you are lacking passion. And Trevor, I, I, maybe it's safe to say this might be one of the kind of maybe common phenomenon we fall into because I, I don't know about you, but working maybe within an industry for so long, it's, is it easy to kind of lose that, that passion and drive that got you excited to start within the industry you're within? So a lot of people misunderstand passion. So passion is not, so if you work at your passion, that's not unicorns and rainbows all day long. That isn't what passion is. That isn't just being happy from nine to five doing what you're doing. That's not what passion is about. Passion is what is it you're willing to struggle and fight for? That's when you know you're working in your passion. When it gets really hard, all the other people quit and you keep going. That's because you're passionate about something. That's what passion is. And that's when you know that that when you when you got lots of quit in you, when you just want to give up, that's when your passion's gone. So when it gets hard and you, you decide, okay, this is too hard, I'm out, that's, that's a sign you've lost your passion. And you absolutely should move on because if you have lost your passion, you, you're going to, you know, I have this theory. So in most workplaces, only 10% of the people really care about what they're doing. 90% of the people are just showing up for a paycheck. And so if I, I consider myself one of the 10% and, and I hope everyone listening to this podcast is one of those 10% who really care. And the minute I stop caring, then that, that's the time I move on. I mean, that's when I'm, I, I've lost my passion and I'm a detriment to my organization at that point and, and to my reputation and myself. So when you lose your passion for what, and I don't, I, I mean, there's aspects of your job you're not going to be passionate about. Like I said, every job has these three elements and it's when the challenge is put in front of you. If you roll your eyes and say, oh, here's another one, you know, th- then chances are your passion's gone. And and if you're going to get paid, if you're if you hope to get paid and what I mean, you know, get an increase in pay for the work you do, it's going to be because you stepped up and you solved unusual problems. You've you've met challenges that everybody else has, you know, refused to to take on. And that is it's that passion that's going to get you paid. So the fourth sign it's time to move on from your job is you're not being knowledge for your hard work. I don't know if I agree. So this one is really, okay, okay I get if you're a young person new in the workforce, the one thing you tend to lack is self-confidence. And this is where a lot of large organizations or you know poor leaders, they don't recognize that. So if you're a young person new into the workforce, as a mentor, I acknowledge people's efforts because I know how, how 
fragile young people can be in the workforce. They're, they're vulnerable, right? They're the, if, if times get tough, they're the first ones to go. So they're always looking over their shoulder, wondering if they're, if they're on a short leash, right? So I get that. So someone who's been in, in work for a long time, I, I, for me, I don't need acknowledgement for my efforts. I, I, I'm confident in what I do. I know I do a good job. I don't need someone to tell me. It's great to hear every now and then, but I, I really don't need it. But somebody who's young in the workforce, if you're not, if you're not being acknowledged for your efforts, I, I think you're dealing with either you're not doing a good job or your employer is just not very polished and they don't recognize that, that need or requirement for a younger person in the workforce. So I wouldn't put too much stock in this. If you're not being acknowledged for your hard work, just know that you're doing a good job. In fact, there's this expression, you should work hard whether people are watching or not. And you should feel good about your efforts. And it's hard for a young person to adopt that mindset because, again, they tend to lack confidence. So I don't know if I buy into this one 100%, but I get where it's it's a good sort of indicator for a young person to, to maybe keep them motivated or, or let them know they're on the right track. A lot of organizations, they do a, an annual review and it's it's a shame that you know a young person would only find out once a year whether they're performing to expectations or not. If I were running an organization, I would I would do reviews of of young employees or new recruits uh, probably like four times a year j- just to let them know they're on the right track or they're not, and and just to let them know they're doing a good job if they in fact they are. So to add in a few things, so. Uh uh, with the with the note on the annual review, so the organization I work for does actually do um, quarterly reviews. So every three months, we we do have um, a, a review. So that that is extremely helpful and and make sure. And again, there is that that kind of uh, there is a uh, some some acknowledgement of or praise that does come along with that. And see and, and see that would be a complete waste of time for somebody as as senior as me in an organization. I I really don't need that kind of input on on. On sort of a quarterly frequency, and and again, but these only do happen for our the new employees. There's that three month um, uh, kind of a probation period, if you can call it that. You are just kind of you're, you're not being tested out by the organization, but it's that period where it's just um, you, again you're you're being kind of give, given feedback on on how you performed as as a new employee. And I do also want to add that, I mean, I, I think I think there can be a massive a kind of difference between acknowledgement and praise. And I think this point is really trying to stress just acknowledgement. I mean, um, there's a line that says here, none of us expects to be overwhelmed with praise, but people who are stingy with positive feedback are not people who want to see you blossom. I mean, again, I, I don't know if I fully agree with the last part of this, but I think, again, there is a, a massive difference between kind of that, just that positive fee- feedback or positive um, reinforcement versus, um, again, massive amounts of praise because one, I feel is a lot more realistic than the other to expect or, or, or receive. So moving on to the fifth sign, it's time to leave your job. And number five is your job duties have changed, but your pay hasn't. Most organizations have sort of restrictions on the amount they can increase someone's pay. You require a promotion to get an increase in pay. And if a promo- if there's nowhere to promote you to, they, they can't just arbitrarily increase your pay. So that could be a situation where if you have met all the challenges and you've learned all you can in a position and you're still not getting paid 
it could be there's no room for you in that organization and it's time to move on. As this article says, you know, these are all the reasons why it's time to move on. But if you're not exceeding the requirements of your existing job and you're not getting promoted and you're, and, and, and as a consequence, you're not getting paid, I think that's on you. So it's, you really, this one's a hard one to gauge and it, it's really, it's going to be, it's always going to be a judgment call. The, so the, the the one thing here I call this called it's called job creep, and so this is where just say you're in an organization, and they do a downsizing because say economic conditions have deteriorated, the economy sort of hit a recession, and they lay some people off, and they, they spread their work across to other people. So everyone everyone's workload gets it's a little bigger, but the volume of the business has gone down as well. So that's an example where in an economic recession. Uh, you you tend to the volume of work goes down, but the you know if they lay somebody off, you 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 end up inheriting some work. So, so that's a, a scenario where I've been uh, I've had what's called job creep, where I, I've inherited uh, work. And you, what happens is you just you figure out how to become more efficient, but but there's a limit to that. So if you keep getting job creep, where they keep sort of dumping work on you and dumping work on you. Uh, regardless of how much they're going to pay me, just say they do increase my pay, job creep, it, 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 it doesn't matter how much they're going to pay me. If I can't succeed with the workload you've given me, if I can't be successful, then I'm not interested. It's, it's time to move on. So I would say if your duties have changed, so that's volume of work. So if your duties have changed, you've been given more responsibility and you haven't had an increase in pay, that, that's probably a pretty valid reason to move on as well. So I have a follow-up question, and it's actually from a conversation I had with a friend in regards to, he, he was kind of talking about how he doesn't put together, uh, he doesn't put pay and uh, job duties together. and Instead, he he just derives satisfaction from the position he holds and, and pay is just kind of a side factor. Um, this friend absolutely loves his job, so maybe that's another uh, consideration. But do you truly think, Trevor, if we're going to have that conversation, that job duties and pay are, are, are tied together? Your, res- your level of responsibility in an organization. So if you're ultimately responsible for, for, for I, I call it, if you're the... If you're the end of the line, meaning you're making some final decisions on, on some pretty important things, and if you get them wrong, there's significant consequences. I, I think for taking on that responsibility, you should be compensated. You, you know, the, there there is a a risk in reward. So the more responsibility you have in an organization, if things go wrong, obviously it, it becomes more detrimental to the to the organization if you make wrong decisions, and if, if it's very detrimental to the organization, it, it could mean your termination. So when I say risk and reward, the more risks you take in an organization, you should be compensated accordingly. So so just kind of to recap that, that then, if your position doesn't, your, the decisions you make aren't going to really have any hard consequences on the organization, then ha- expecting an increase in pay is, is, is maybe less realistic than if you were making decisions that would drastically affect the organization. So I want to move on to point number six, and I, I'll start off by asking my question related to this point. And the, the point number six of oh, it's time to leave your job is that you're staying at this job because you're scared of change. And my kind of first question off for this is, 
so you know the struggles and the challenges that come along with your current job. But what if, what if the next position, those challenges and those struggles are, are even greater and it makes your previous job look like gold? I mean, how can you really, I know you can't know the answer before you leave, but at that point, should you just kind of keep quote unquote toughing it out your current position and, 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 and fear? I mean, how do you, how do you weigh that? So th- this is the dilemma everybody faces is you you described it perfectly and i'm going to say that this is the wrong mindset so when the pain of the my current job is greater than the perceived pain of a new job that's when it's time to move on that's a bad way to look at it that that is that you're just picking the worst of two evils and i'm going to say have you met anybody who has moved on to another job and, and told you it did not work out. I have actually. Oh, what was this? What was the circumstances? Um, the circumstances were simply um, so uh, the current organization I work with it, it's it's a family run organization. So uh, there's a lot more um, empathy towards uh, in, in in terms of scheduling the employees and and really working creating a, a very great work life balance. Um, the position that followed for this uh, this employee. It was more of a corporate organization, and there there was less flexibility around something uh, she valued as important, and and again that was not really something she perceived in the interview and in in the uh, the kind of the onboarding process until she was an employee. I'm gonna say that sounds like tunnel vision, and the reason I'm gonna say that is this individual obviously saw a deficiency in her current job, the job she had, and. So she left for a reason and she obviously saw that dis- that deficiency being solved in the new organization. But when she got in the new organization, she put the blinders back on and just saw what wasn't there. There's no utopia of jobs. There's no job that's going to solve every issue that you would have. But sometimes you get tired of the current issue. Just say the issue is vacation time or or just say it's pay. So in order to solve the paycheck problem, you move on to another job and maybe that other job has longer hours. You're trading one problem for another. That Generally, when you switch jobs, it's all about trade-offs. If you are a pessimist, you will always see the downside of every job. And so this is where I'm saying if there's something you don't like about your current job or your current employer... You're going to move on to a different employer. I guarantee you there's there's going to be something you don't like about that job or that employer as well. But sometimes fighting a different fight is worth changing jobs because you can only fight the same fight for so long before it just, you're going to become resentful. So why not move on to fight a different fight? I really like that. So so what I'm kind of gathering is that it's just about kind of changing your perspective and looking for maybe that that light at the end of the tunnel that that are there are different different kind of benefits than uh you maybe uh, realized at your last position quite often what, what a lot of people do is they'll be working a a high paying stressful job this is a common thing I, I i've talked to people about and they will reach a point in their financial life where they don't they don't need the money as much as they used to and they want to move on to something less stressful knowing they're going to make less money. So that's a case where you're going to trade uh, stress for for money, right? It's it, it's a trade-off a lot of people make as they get older and they just they don't want to fight the same fight anymore. 
So let's move on to the second last sign. It's time to leave your job. And the second last sign is you don't have time for yourself. So Trevor, when we talk about this, are we talking about that individual who maybe works that, um, that maybe like, I, I want to throw out a 50 to 60 hour week. When you don't have for yourself, this is called a work-life balance. So if you're working 60 or 70 hours a week, if you're doing it and, and it's a, a short-term thing or it's leading to something where you won't be doing that, meaning you're putting in this time on a project that's going to lead to a promotion, that's going to put you in a position where you can go back to working regular hours. So, so if, if that's the scenario, then that's probably worth enduring that and, and, and sticking it out. But if you're just being overworked, meaning there's more work here than can be done. So if there's, if you're working 60 or 70 hours a week, either you're working for an organization that has unreasonable expectations or you're extremely inefficient and this job is a bad fit. Either one is a reason to move on to another job. I, I really like that second point that you said there. I, 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 I mean, for any of our listeners who feel maybe other weakness is uh, efficiency. I like this point that it's not about uh, the individual needing to um, or blaming themselves on the fact that they can't finish something um, in in a reasonable time, and then they have to work late to get that done. I I like that you've turned it off to, over to the fact that it, it's it's not them; it's it's the position. Well, and it could be them. It could be you're a bad fit for this position. So it could. It, it, I'm saying it could be you. You. you You've just accepted a job where your your employers hi- hired somebody who who just does not fit this particular role, and it doesn't fit you because you can't wrap your head around how to become more efficient at it or as efficient as the last person was, and or, or the employer is expectations are so unrealistic. And a, a good way to see this is if whenever I go for a job interview, I, I like to know what happened to the person before me or what happened. You know, why are you repl- filling this position? You know, what was, did the person get promoted? Did the person not work out? You know, that if you can get to the underlying reason they're filling the position and it turns out this, you know, they've been filling this position constantly for the last couple of years, it may be a poorly designed position in that organization. That's actually a really great question. I like that. And and what about that employee? I just asked another kind of add-on question. What about that employee who absolutely loves their job? Is 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 really it, it is and it has become kind of or even an entrepreneur who does owns their own business and, and is really devoted to their work. I mean, is it just a matter of it, whether you feel like you have enough uh, work-life balance? Like I guess it's all perspective. Well, I'm gonna say someone who's working sixty or seventy or eighty hours a week for an extended period of time, like years, uh, they're probably, uh, I'm going to say that it's probably unhealthy to be that dedicated to one aspect of your life. You're probably going to look back with some regrets at some point and you'll have, have missed uh, friendship opportunities, relationship opportunities. You, you'll have missed some other aspect of life in general. You just can't be all in on work for extended periods of time. Yeah, small windows, you, it can be done, but you, you can't do this for you know, five years or three years even. That's probably too long. You're going to miss out on life. So the final and eighth sign, it's time to leave your job, is you don't fit in anymore. I struggled with understanding this one. So this could be where an organization maybe is 
getting younger. Just the nature of the organization. Maybe a bunch of young people are coming in and you're an older employee now, like age-wise and years of service. So if you are not a mentor to these young people, then you may be you may be in the process of being squeezed out of this organization. If here's a good sign, if responsibilities are being taken away from you, you're not giving them up; they're being taken from you. Then there's a good chance that you you're not fitting into the organization's plans anymore. And so this is one. All these other ones have really been geared to younger people entering the workforce. I'm saying this one is for probably people on the tail end of their working career and they I've seen this happen where they they just and what happens is these people tend to not accept challenges anymore they tend to not want to accept change and it, they end up being squeezed out and it, it's sad to see so I I've seen this happen and as I'm becoming an older employee I'm making sure I'm filling a role in my organization that's needed so I mentioned I I'm mentoring new employees I'm also I I am super acceptant of change. You know, it just, if there's one thing that's constant, it's change. Organizations that are going to stay cutting edge and, and competitive will always be changing. A lot of people say, oh, I can't wait till this change is over. Well, there'll be another change after that. That's, that's what organizations do that are competitive and keep moving forward. They change. So if you, if you're an older employee who does, who just, who's maybe tired of change, then then chances are you're not going to be a good fit anymore, and maybe it's time to move on before the employer decides it's time for you to move on. So what what I'm gathering is it just it's essentially about how you feel with it's about feelings, how you feel when you work there, and how you feel about the company. I mean, the author of this article highlights that. Um, your views as an individual may, may have changed and you don't necessarily believe in the company or or the company's values anymore. And and that doesn't mean that the company um, is, is, is not a good company. It just means that it's, it's not a good fit. A lot of times an organization will, t- to remain competitive in a, in a forever changing economic environment, uh, organizations will do drastic cost cutting. And, and to the point that they're you might look at it and say, you know, the us as employees are being mistreated. And and if if you feel the organization is exploiting people, then that's an example where the ethically you just don't you can't stomach what they're doing and that's a good reason to move on too, right? That 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 if you stay working for a company that ethically you don't believe in, that says more about you than it does the company. So Trevor, that brings us to the end of this article by Raven Inishka on eight signs it's time to leave your job. And I really, I really liked the points within this. And I think I hopefully this resonated with a lot of our listeners. Um, but before we end the show today, do you have any kind of final thoughts or takeaways for, for everyone who's uh, with us today? Like I said in the opening, your employment income for most people is going to be your greatest wealth building tool. So be deliberate about it. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode on whether or not you should switch your job. If you have, if you, if any of these eight points relate to you or you've had a positive experience or you've, you've bit the bullet and changed jobs, let us know. We'd love to hear about that. Um, we do have an, we will have an upcoming uh, listener question to answer episode. We do have a couple listener comments lined up that we're excited to share with you. So if you'd love to be a part of our next episode, please write into us, let us know. Again, you can always do that 
by reaching us out to us via email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com and through the contact submission form on our website at livelifesimple.ca. The link to this article and our website will be linked in the show notes so you can reference back to that. Thank you so much for being with us this week. We can't wait to have you next week with us when we cover a new episode. Until then, keep it simple.